Warning, this episode of High Trust, Low Context contains a little bit of choice language. No, there's no profanity. No, there's no blasphemy. No, there's no cursing. And there's no false swearing. But there is vulgarity. Lots of it. So if you plan on listening to this with your kids in the room or at work, this might not be the episode for that. So put on those headphones or skip to the next episode. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the official position of the host, other guests, or any affiliated entities. Each participant is responsible for their own statements and opinions. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Hola, mi enchada! Welcome to another edition of High Trust, Low Context, Episode 9, The Day of the Rake. I'm your host, El Chaco, and I've got with me tonight another awesome guest. He's a former candidate for the People's Party of Canada, which I've now voted for twice, and the host of Canada Poly, a, a fantastic Canadian podcast that features all things Canadian politics, culture, and news. He's none other than Mr. Mark for all of us, hey, I mentioned it. I, I nailed yeah. it. There we go. All right. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank, thanks for great. having me on, man. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. It's uh, nice to be here. I'm excited to to chat with you, man. The intro videos, holy smoke! The first one, I had never seen the the song before. Okay, I I found out about that one years ago. I think that was probably around 2004, 2005. Oh yeah. And it's 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 from a genre called outsider music. And it's a lady by the name of B.J. Snowden. And okay. I had to look it up. I had to look it up. I, uh, it, it took me a while to remember who sang it, how it went. It's on Spotify. So it's, wow. uh, it, 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 it's called In Canada. It's, it's so bad it's good. I love it. It's I great. Just, by the third time she did the, the verse or the, the uh, chorus, I was like, you know, it's actually growing on me. Yeah, I know. By the end, we're we're like, nice. actually, you know what? That should be our new Canadian national anthem, maybe. Uh, you know, if we're going to get rid of words, might yeah. as well, oh might as well go for that one. But for my listeners who aren't familiar with Mark's work, Canada Poly is one of my favorite daily podcasts. You do it daily. You cover kind of everything. It's a, it's a yeah. fantastic show. If you want to learn about Canada, don't go to CBC. Don't go to Global. Oh don't go to CTV. Mark, you can find your, your stuff on a few different platforms. Um, yeah. I know uh, on Odyssey, it's there. Uh, but BitChute, do you put it up on BitChute? And yep. are you yeah, still allowed on YouTube? I have. So I've worked back up to a thousand um, subscribers and I don't put my full episodes up. I have a free tier and then a subscriber tier. The subscriber tier gets the full show and then the free tier gets the first half hour or so, which sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes 10 minutes. But a lot of times I put up 20 minutes, but it gives you, yeah, the flavor of things as they look on the ground in Canada. You know, the what's going on in Canada is a lot like what's going on in places like New York. I think even Florida, like I've heard people talking about the prices of things in Florida. My friend was down there for a baseball tournament and he said the bacon is more expensive here than it is in 
Ontario and the bacon got really expensive really fast. Like it was four bucks. Now it's seven bucks, eight bucks, you know, almost double. Oh, it's crazy. So, yeah. So a lot of the things that are going on here are going on there. Only our real estate bubble didn't pop in 2008. So our houses are a million bucks. So if you want to, if yeah. you go from a 0% mortgage to a 5% mortgage, that's five times, right? Like your, your monthlies went massive. from, yeah. Oh yeah. I went from $3,000 to five, six, $7,000, depending on how much you paid down. So if you just got into a real estate deal at like $900,000, like just shy of a million bucks at 0%. Mm -hmm. And you're like right here. And they're like, haha, just kidding. It's 5% now. You're like, right. Like it's killer. Yeah. Yeah. Like what are you going to do? Right. Like we saw the writing on the wall with that one because in 2020, well, 2020, when all the lockdowns were happening, I got Mm -hmm. that, that itch to get the heck out of the city. Mm-hmm. And we were we were really on the verge. We were living in Calgary. We had a really nice house. We had finally gotten into being homeowners. Yep. And we decided at that time, we're like, look, man, I don't like where things are going. And we we thought about moving outside of Calgary. And the way that it worked out was because there were so many divorces happening in the lockdown period. Wow. Yeah. That in our community right as we, we we fixed up a whole bunch of stuff around the house got it completely ready to list and literally two days before the listing went up a whole bunch of houses on our block went up and they completely plummeted the value at oh, that time all these people who already had a house already paid off their mortgage who were in retirement mode and were getting divorced decided oh, let's time to cash out and we decided okay this isn't it this isn't our, this isn't our time so uh, a year goes by, and in in 2021, and I, I may have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again, maybe just so you can kind of hear where our decision laid before we decided to, to, to get on the plane and get the heck out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. There was a, a series of three different things that happened. First off, there were all those lockdown, anti-lockdown protests happening, and uh, the response from them was not fair. As you know, you you've you've been labeled uh, in the past with uh, things that are completely not fair. So yeah. the the people that were labeling these anti-lockdown protests, the mayor of Calgary said uh, these were thinly veiled white supremacist rallies. And that was yeah, yeah, it was Nancy. <laughs> you know what's bad? You know what's really bad when yeah. all of a sudden, like now with the new mayor, it's like oh, worse things were or better under Nenshi. Oh. But but Nenshi, she what happened with him was uh, he said these were thinly veiled white supremacist rallies. And I had people from my church of all of all different colors, you know, all different backgrounds going to these things. No way this thing was a white supremacist rally. Yeah. And I thought he would be held to that one. Like, hey, you know, like walk that back. So he gets interviewed on the radio the next day. And the next day, he gets re- interviewed on the radio, and the first thing he says, they say, "Do you want to clarify that one? Did you did you misspeak?" He says, "Yeah, I misspoke." And we're like, "Oh, hey." He's like, "Yeah, I shouldn't have said thinly veiled." It's <laughs> <was> like, "What? <laughs> Are you kidding?" And then you think you're making progress, time, right? And they're like, "Oh." It was brutal. It was in May, and then uh, it was in May of 2021, and then. Right around that time, there was also these. Uh, there, there was breaking news in Alberta, who, with our premier at the time, Jason Kenney, who was supposed to be a conservative, who went to my church nonetheless. He Did actually he? was, at, yeah, he went to my church, other Catholic, mm. 
And he, what he did was uh, they got caught buying drones to fly mm-hmm. over and monitor the campgrounds. And I said to my wife, I was like, listen. Um, this sounds bad. <laughs> after camping season's done, where, what are they going to do with all these drones, right? Are they going to – I know this sounds tinfoil hatty, but like at this stage, eh, I don't know. It, nothing is, nothing's going to surprise me anymore. Yeah. So we uh, – I thought maybe he's going to start flying these over the cities, you know, like start seeing if there's too many people in each of the houses, uh, mm-hmm. you know, using heat sensors. Go, oh, oh you, you're over your limit. And then on top of that, there was it was right in the heat of the the quote unquote mass grave thing that was going on. And so the the Catholic Church got absolutely targeted. And in one month, in one month in the province of Alberta, like it, it was crazy. You can look this up. There was over 20 over 20 churches that were burned to the ground and uh, across Canada. And I, (laughs) I I said to my wife, I was like, yeah, I think this is a sign. I think this is maybe not our time to be in here in this country anymore because there was no defense. There was no, no manhunt to find out who was doing these fires or any of those kind of things. Trudeau and Singh said it's understandable. The anger you're feeling is understandable because of the terrible awfulness of um, Christians who did this evil yeah. genocide. And people Insane. were like, whoa, hold on. What? Didn't, well, and, isn't and, this just preliminary? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the other thing was, is that our church, so we were, we were going to two different churches at the time. We were going to one that was a Latin mass only. And then we were going to this one that was the Ordinariate. And the Ordinariate one was on a block that actually had a former Italian Catholic church that had been sold to a black evangelical group. And so the vandals that came, they were going to attack all of the churches on July 1st. So my Latin mass church, that one got, you know, bloody handprints all over it, broken windows, Mm -hmm. all types of stuff. And then the on our on the other church, the Ordinariate church was unharmed. But the the one that looks more Catholic, because the ordinary it's our former former Anglicans, the one that looks more Catholic, which was this black evangelical church, it got attacked. And so, what did the news focus on? A racial attack, a racial attack on black evangelicals, not on the Catholic Church as a whole. And so, I I, yeah. I really looked at this and was like, you know, the writing's on the wall. We had already lived in Paraguay. Uh, for three years prior. So we lived in here uh, in the country for 20, uh, 2013, 14, and then came back in late 2015 to basically watch the destruction of my country uh, in, in real time. And yeah. yep. it, it's been, it's been, it's been quite the process because, you know, I try to keep up with Canadian news. I try to, you know, because I still have family there and I still have friends there and I still care about the country, but I had to go, I had to take it out of there because you know, I'm walking up to the church. There's all this paint everywhere. And I'm explaining to my kids, you know, why is our church under attack? Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. So, you know, now we're living in a predominantly Catholic country and it's it's peaceful. Everybody's on the same side. You, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see Catholic churches getting ransacked here. And, and, and there's a lot of things that were going on in Canada beyond that. Like I tried to explain it to people. It was not just the covid response it was more yeah. there was so much more going on i mean we have are you familiar with john carpe and the justice center for yeah. constitutional freedoms so he's a, yeah, a, a yeah. friend of mine oh, uh, wow, cool. john, and and um he was they, they were representing a father out in the west coast who yep. was uh jailed 
for misgendering his daughter. Yep. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's right. difficult because you look at things and you go, okay, like what happens if all of a sudden my kid needs to get some counseling? What if they need to deal with some anxiety issues or something that requires yeah. some help? I don't know if I want Even, them going to a Canadian professional because yeah. they could put an idea in their head and then I'm stuck. Yeah. You know, yep. and any even any just run of the mill, it's very, very difficult to navigate a system where where you're worried that there's an ulterior motive for having access to your children. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the the levels of problems in Canada, like you're talking about in 2020, you're seeing you're seeing kind of like the, the beginnings of all of this. And I mean, it's only gotten worse after that. The Freedom Convoy happened. And I mean, now yeah. we're, we're dealing and then after the Freedom Convoy, which was very successful. I don't want to ever have anybody think Mm-mm. that the truckers weren't successful. They stopped the vaccine mandates. They stopped the max, uh, the vax mandates in their tracks. Yeah. Now, not completely. The fact there are still vaccine no. mandates that are here and there, but a lot of the momentum that had been rolling with those vax mandates stopped it dead in its tracks and if anything we're we're pushing it back now but there are still places and entire provinces like bc is a complete mess disaster the the crap that's happened since you left and people are stockholm syndrome almost like it is a situation mm-hmm. where they don't even i i would argue as well that the world was in a situation with the covid lockdowns that that we were under attack and we did not understand that we were under attack. We, we thought very that, good point. Yeah. Like we, we behaved as if we were trying to keep ourselves safe, but we were economically under attack. We were physically under attack. They were trying to isolate us. They were trying to break us. And we all kind of woke up and said like, wait a second, we think you're full of shit. And now <laughs> there's no, yeah. right. Like, but now there's no accountability. Like the people who were in charge then are, are still in charge. And now they're saying still get your boosters. Uh, we might need masks. Is again, there's a cold season coming up. It's a cold season, you know. And I'm like, you guys <laughs> lied to everybody about everything. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> so, well, and it's it's it, you brought up earlier about the 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 economy and the the food prices. Like, there's this yeah. meme on 4chan, which is anytime somebody comes on with a Canadian flag as their as their identifier. And and people will come in and say, you know, post your food prices or get the heck out of here because it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. You know, like yeah, I'll yeah. still get these these pictures of, of like just a, a chicken breast, you know, just a chicken breast for like like twelve dollars or thirteen dollars. And you're yeah. going, how do you feed the family with this? This is insane. Well, that's that, that's what they're going for. Um, so, like, I remember during the height of the pandemic. And then the trucker convoy, people were talking yes. about shortages. People were talking, talking about how the, uh, the supply chain was at risk, right? And I, I thought, add the trucker convoy to the supply chain being at risk. We're going to see some fireworks here. We're going to see some shortages on the shelves. And that's mm-hmm. going to play really badly for Justin Trudeau and, and his cronies and whatever. You'd think. You'd think. <laughs> and I had to yeah. eat. Well, I didn't eat crow. But, I mean, I, I got it wrong for sure. Because, I mean, I always say, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Like, here, I'm just speculating here. I'm just freewheeling. But all of this stuff lining up seems to be a problem for the government. But it wasn't a problem on the front end. We didn't see anything. If they were if they were stressed in the back end, I don't think we saw it. And on the front end, there was there wasn't an interruption in, in the food or anything like that. So I, I think that it's unbelievably resilient. Like our supply chain, the way we get our food, the the system that we have sussed out over the last, I don't know, 50 years or 60 years or whatever it is, modern era. 
it looks fragile and you'd think it couldn't take a beating, but it's taken a beating. And I can't believe how cheap the food still is. Like, honestly, I can't believe how cheap the food still is. But yeah, yeah we're getting to the point. I went out west or out, out east over the summertime. And so in Ontario, milk is cheap. We just had to go up by a dollar per. So you buy, you buy milk in bags. I don't know if you know this. I don't know. Like, you know this? Okay. Oh, yeah. No, um, I, I, I'm familiar with the, uh, the Ontario. Ontario's, Ontario's crazy. I'm almost tempted to go get a bag of milk, but I'm not going to get it. Um, but like we buy milk in bags, four bags, uh, four liters of milk comes in three bags. Why? 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 Yeah, and you get those little question. pitcher things. You cut yes. the top off. And yeah, then, yeah, we buy. Yes. Everybody buys. Like when you grow up and you get your own house, you buy or somebody buys you a milk pitcher. And you put the bag in the milk pitcher. It's a rite of passage in Ontario. And anyway, so I was out, I was out, so that costs four sixty nine, and now it costs, that's what it cost in 2020. And now it costs five eighty nine in Ontario. And wow. so, it, yeah, it's oh, what, 8%, 10%? Yeah, inflation is nothing. You're welcome. Well, it's, yeah, bullshit. It's funny, like, it's funny because milk is a touchy subject with the conservatives. Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, Ma- Maxime sure. Bernier uh, who used to be in the Conservative Party, who is now the leader of the People's Party of Canada. He was up against Andrew Scheer. I think this was back in 2015. and No, 2016, maybe. 27, and, I think it was 2017. Yeah, 2016, 17. And then Max mm-hmm. Bernier left the Conservative Party in 2018. Milk was like an issue. Like <laughs> That was a well, big issue in there so because of the milk because, suppliers and stuff. Yeah, supply. so we have supply management in Canada, which means that if you want to supply milk to the market you have to have quota so quota costs a lot of money it's like a million dollars for a segment of quota and you have to if you have 60 milk cow like milk cows then you have to have enough quota to cover the milk that they'll they'll produce and if you don't you've got to dump that milk into the ground it doesn't get given away for free it doesn't get made into baby powder yeah baby powder like baby food or anything like that now you dump it into the ground anything nothing no you have you have efficient cows you dump that milk into the ground. <laughs> Welcome to Canada. We're so free. Wait yeah, in line exactly. for your health First world country. First world country. Uh, and, and it's funny because I remember when you're talking about the supply chain, that was like one of the horrifying images was just like all this milk getting dumped on the ground in Quebec. And you're going, what is going on here? This is insane. And it's funny because to an outsider, a lot of times when you look at it, you go, what is they go? What is wrong with Canada? Why? Why is this Trudeau guy getting elected over and over again? And I always have to preface it. I always listen, hear me out. He did not get 50% plus one of the vote across the country. Not even close, right? He he was getting in the low thirties, you know, some estimates in the high twenties across the country. He did not get a majority in the last election. He lost Mm -hmm. his majority. He's propped up by an even further left uh, party called the NDP. And, Although that's the funny thing. When we were coming back to Canada, I remember Trudeau got elected. It was the first time I'd seen the liberals elected in a while. And I thought, well, could be worse. How you bad know, could, could it be? Could right? be worse. Was- yeah. How could, how bad could it be? Could be worse. You know, I, I, I remembered Paul Martin days and all this kind of stuff. And they were like mostly centrists. Ad scam. Yep. These ain't, these ain't the same liberals. And these guys are f- super far left. And it's, yep. It's really hard to watch. It's really hard to watch because you're watching Canada just go down the toilet. So I watch American politics too. And Mm -hmm. Canadians 
are more docile than I would say Americans are. Like Americans are like, we're going to ride horses and two if by sea and one if by land. And like, there's things that Americans have done. And Canadians are like, yeah, we're like, we're going to sit here and hang out for a minute. And like, you know, we'll see. Um, so it, it, but with Joe, like with Joe Biden and Trump, like I look at that and I thought to myself, man, there's going to be fireworks. And then there was crickets. And I thought, what the hell? Like, what is happening? Like, what the heck's going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, ah. So well, people have been see, so brainwashed. It's just yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's that Stockholm syndrome we were kind of talking about earlier. It's like mm-hmm. people didn't even realize they were under attack. The things like the 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 signals that you're under attack were I don't know, hijacked or something like that. They were they were used against us. And so instead of responding to an attack, we allowed the attackers to burn more churches and and allowed the, the attackers to entrench their positions in the government. Etc. 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 And it seems like we're now, like now, to dislodge them, it's a huge task. It's a monumental task because there's not even for Canada anyway. There's not even an election until 2025. For the United States, I don't even think they're going to have an election in 2024. I think they're going to say <laughs> World War. Can't do it. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Send your kids off to war. And yeah. it's 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 crazy because. Um, I thought always the Canadians were way more chill too, but then right in the midst of the lockdown stuff, that's when everybody started being all East Germany on each other and just like reporting each other. Like on my mm-hmm. block, on my block, we had multiple different families that our kids used to play together. And then I remember when it was all going down and all of a sudden you, I'd be in the backyard, you know, working in the backyard and I'd hear one of the other kids yell at my kids, two meters, two meters apart, you know, we got to be like, this is like an 11 year old and a 12 year old playing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what are, what is going on? And then on top of it, they would be reporting one another. They'd be just mm-hmm. like, you know, people would be calling on each other. This was in Calgary. Calgary yeah. is supposed to be like, is, it's got this reputation for being this like redneck, you know, like right wing thing. It was absolutely not like that at all. Yeah. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was crazy because, in the heat of it, I remember we would we would always, you know, we'd invite friends over. We'd invite our priests over sometimes for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I had a system where I basically we had a two car garage and I would back out one vehicle and park it in behind one of the other vehicles. And then when the person was coming to our house, we'd open the garage door and then they'd come in and we'd close the garage door because the people in my neighborhood would be counting cars. They, it, yeah. was huh. it was That's insane. It was insane. Wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had family dinners where we were closing the curtains. But the funny thing is, it's like there's a it's kind of a glass room. And so like <laughs> curtains would be closed, but like the top part wouldn't be closed properly. So like people who are in a higher building, you can see in. And I was like, we tried. Did you, did you, you know, anybody? like <laughs> um, no, it was no, like an unreasonable request. It was an it, unreasonable it, law. It, it, it's, it's still. It, it, yeah. The whole thing unreason that's the problem it's illegal it's unbelievably <laughs> illegal it is a complete violation of the of the agreement between the governed and the government right like it is absolutely a violation and we were all like hey right like where we should have been string them up arrest these people <laughs> like we just it was it was unbelievable the the collective response was completely we totally screwed it up we absolutely we the public should have collectively marched down to the public square in their in their city and said to the mayor, you're fired, you mm-hmm. corrupt coward. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. every single mayor across the entire country, 
excuse my French, but everyone, <laughs> right? They should absolutely yeah. have been fired. And then we should have replaced them with people, hand ballot, hands up type deal. The people here right now voting for the next leader, we're going to decide yeah. and we're going to fix this mess. And not because they're power hungry, but because we no. don't want this nonsense, these lies becoming truth because they're trying to manufacture the shortages that they're they're talking about. They're trying to bring it about and then they're going to blame climate change. Yeah, that's it's coming. Like that's that's what they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to say it's not us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you can eat and see. I've this is my thing because I like to think how things are going to like practically work out because like the the imagination is really really it's easy to re- run away from you but like you're grounded in reality. But the reality of the situation is they rolled out a completely experimental, not enough time to be tested. I often talked about this during, this is what got my show canceled on YouTube, but <laughs> you, you can't bake a cake. If you mix up a cake batter and then you put the cake batter into a cake pan and you put the cake pan into the oven and the oven's preheated and it's ready for 25 boom cakes in the oven. And then you take it out two minutes later. That's not a cake. You can't, no. it's not a cake. You, you couldn't tell anybody that's a cake. They said safe and effective. These things have a cooking time. These things take a period of time. You couldn't possibly do it. Like you could not cut a slice of cake from the cake we pulled out of the oven after two minutes being in the oven. It's not a cake. It's liquid. It's runny. It doesn't work. Same thing <laughs> yeah. about the, the safe and effective thing, right? And so well, it's like, illegal what they were doing. They can't use that terminology. I work in stocks. I work with pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. I, I I know what you can legally say and what you cannot legally say. They were breaking laws left and right. You cannot right. say these things are safe and effective because yes. we don't have the long term data. And I would have arguments with people on on dog walks. Where the people be saying, "Oh, it's safe and effective," and like I was like, "You don't know the long term data. You just don't." He's like, "Yes, we do." I'm like, "How do you know the long term data? It's been out for like six months. Long term data is like even five, six years, man. Like crazy." And I had people, I had people say to me, "I'm fine," and I was like, "You fundamentally (laughs) misunderstand the argument." Yeah, you don't know. You don't know because you didn't collapse at the shopper's drug mart. Doesn't yeah, mean that you're right safe. away. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other and- the other aspect to it for me is if I'm in charge of everybody else's health, suddenly my health is like important to other people. If your health is important to me, how much are you drinking? How much sleep are you getting at night? You know what I mean? Like. They didn't bring any of right. that up. Like, we right, like we're not talking. saying that vitamin D is is a conspiracy oh. theory. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? This is insane. Sure is. No, and sure is. My wife was uh, bringing that up. Like she brought up about how devious their strategy was. Because I remember when the masks were coming on to everybody and I was going like, you know, at first, at, at first, first, before I knew anything, I didn't know anything what was going on. At first, yeah, like first you, was like, okay, I'll play it safe. I'll wear some mask when I go to the grocery store. I don't know what, yeah. I don't know if this is the, like the Andromeda strain or something like that. I don't right, know if yeah. this is going to wipe us out. But over time, once I saw the first data come in, I was like 99% survival rate. Is that, yeah. this is it? Okay, yeah. it's over. But it wasn't over. And they they did this devious thing, which was, I'm wearing a mask to keep you safe. Like, like, like 
what? What are you talking about? I don't need you to keep me safe. I've had like a billion colds in my life. I'm fine. This is called building my immune system up. And so, you know, when I looked at the, at the, at the way uh, the tides, you know, I was looking at the way things were going. I said to my wife, I was like, I think we got to go now because I don't know when that door is going to close. And it did close. So you, you brought up about the, uh, about the truckers. We left at the end of July in 2021. I said to everybody as I was leaving, because they're like, it was in the middle of the summer and everything had been, all the restrictions had been lessened. And everybody's like, oh, it's over. Don't have to worry about it. You're just, you're just overthinking it. Am I? I said to them, I said, as soon as school comes back in, as soon as school comes back in, it'll get ramped back up again. And sure enough, end of August, I'm, I'm downtown in Asuncion, Paraguay. We're finishing up the paperwork for getting my daughter her permanent residency. And I get the news and Canada has shut off travel for all non-vaccinated people, mm-hmm. which meant I can't go. I could go back. I was allowed to go back, but then I wouldn't yeah. be able to return back to Paraguay to get on a plane. And it's not like, and I couldn't get on a, I, I couldn't, you know, there was so many restrictions that were in place that it all of a sudden it was the first reality sticking in, in my head of like, whoa, this is, this is very serious. And Pretty so serious. when the trucker rally was going on, we were watching it the whole time. It was very, it was, a, it was heartwarming to watch. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it was terrifying because I could see the lies in real time. Mm-hmm. I could see the, the lying happening. And the response was completely draconian. The, the, the response of locking people's bank accounts, going in and, and calling basically the War Measures Act. And yep. it, it, we're watching this going, these people have completely lost their minds. This is completely illegal. We've seen all the court cases afterwards. It's just kangaroo court after kangaroo court after kangaroo court. There's nothing, yep. nothing. There's, justice is dead in Canada. It's completely dead in yep. Canada. There's very little yep. you can say. You don't want to step foot in a court there. You're mm-hmm. a Canadian podcaster. Talk, let's talk about that. I mean, Canadian podcasters are now under the thumb of the of the government. You have to well, – well, you don't personally have to register, but like the podcast streaming sites have to register, correct? Yeah, the whole thing, the whole industry is being being regulated through the CRTC, which is the, the regulation agency. It's supposed to be arm's length. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be arm's length, but it's it's – uh, not really, because the government appoints the leader or the head of it. Um, but yeah, they want to regulate that. But I mean, I've been censored by YouTube for years. Like when I when I refused to stop talking, so I had fifteen thousand subscribers on my YouTube channel. Which I had Canada is like it, it's the equivalent of like a it's like a hundred and fifty thousand. Pretty good, yeah. Right? Like it's, yeah, it's nobody good. cares about. Nobody cares about Canadian politics. And my whole stick is like, if you ever watched the, the um, Colbert report back when Colbert was funny, not on, not on date late night or whatever he did, but like yeah. back when he was funny. Right. Yeah. And John Stewart, yeah. I always loved the monologues. I always loved them. Yes. Basically the whole joke is this is like the president of the United States, or this is the governor of New Jersey or whatever it is. This is a bridge they're in charge of. This is the, like, you know, shit sandwich they've made of this or the mess they've made of this thing that they're supposed to be in charge of. That's the joke. Right. And so that's my show. Basically. I'm like, this is the idiot leader of Canada. Look at what he said now. Right. Like, and so they couldn't handle that. And I call him potato headed. Like I call Justin Trudeau. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> potato headed Justin yeah. Trudeau. And just because I can't, and I call Christia Freeland, who's his, who's his deputy prime minister. 
Um, but she's not like a vice president, but like deputy prime minister, I call mm. her call her Baba Freeland because I'm sure it would make her very <laughs> because she's Ukrainian. She's got a Ukrainian background, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's Ukrainian, uh... and she looks like a, a Baba, like she's very like she's got, <laughs> and she looks like a witch, right? She's got a very crooked crook nose, and she... Baba Freeland. Um, I think that on the number no, one it... search result, if you search Baba Freeland. <laughs> It's probably there. Well, it's, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't think Americans should discount what's happening in Canada because it seems a lot of times that it's a beta test. We had lots of different, very progressive laws come in Canada first that made their way and trickled down into the United States. It's almost like it gets, it gets tested in Canada to see how it will go. And then they kind of roll it out slowly to the United States sometimes. Yeah, I agree with you. But you could see the beta testing really, really clearly when they had COVID, when we had COVID going, because the United States would come up, excuse me, not the United States, the United States kind of the states themselves were their own petri dishes and you had rogue governors and yeah you had you had red and blue and they were fighting amongst themselves so that that the united states you couldn't watch that for predictive anything it was very chaotic in the states you had a couple of you had a couple of predictable governors like desantis and whatever but it was very chaotic in the states but all across the rest of the west it was lock step you had italy you had uh, the united kingdom which also had ireland and Ireland was like Canada. Ireland is its own little petri dish. Canada is a petri dish, but also it's each province is kind of a different petri dish. Within the within the system they test in Canada, they'll have subsystems. In Canada, they were doing interprovincial block, like you couldn't travel between provinces, yep. Ontario to Quebec and some other ones. But in the West, that wasn't happening. So they, they were doing different things. The way they did it in Canada was different than the way they did it in Australia, but they were two sides of the same coin. And and again, the same thing in the UK, there were slight differences because the legal system is different. Like they have the House mm-hmm. of Lords and, and like all three are Commonwealth, very similar systems, mm-hmm. but the players themselves and the makeup of the houses very different. So they had different ways of doing it. And it was just really, really interesting to watch. You can see the beta tests. You can see what worked and what they rolled out further. One of the things, a good example of this is you start it with a, a medium, large population like Mississauga, GTA, you know, Calgary and suburbs, things like that. You start it there mm-hmm. and then you roll it out, right? That it's not everywhere. Yeah. It's not everybody. It's not you yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then yes. people, yeah. people are like, oh, thank goodness. It's not me. And it's like, well, they're coming for you, buddy. Yeah. You. And so people didn't get that. And like I said, we responded as if this was not an attack when it actually was an attack. And it was global because the thing is, like when we got down here to Paraguay, yes, it was better. No, it was not perfect. And so when we got down here, the thing about Paraguay is, is it's one of the most charming things about living down here is that it's ineffective. The government is completely ineffective yeah. to, to, for, for, for my good. Like when Mexico, we, we'll go, right? Like the, cart, the cartels yeah. run Mexico. And so the government yeah. can say lockdown and the cartels would be like, do you understand that I make money? Like with the economic yeah. activity, I make money. We're not locking anything down. Shut up. Like be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so when we got down here, it was like you go to all the different stores and they would have their stupid little thermometer thing to point at your kid's head to see yeah. if he's, you know, if he's sick. You had to wear a stupid mask. And then on top of it, 
every store had a sink, like a faucet to wipe, wash really? your hands wow. outside of these things, little temporary things that were set up there. And at oh, first okay. it was like, ah, oh, it was, it was terrible. I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I didn't like it. However, they did not have any laws about gathering people together so we could have friends over with no problems on that. And then, so we were living in the capital city uh, in Asuncion for the first year while we were kind of looking at getting a place outside of the city. And once we got out outside of the city, none of the mask stuff was being enforced. And so, you know, like, well, like, to a degree. So there's a little corner, little, little general store near my place. And I will, I will shop there until the day I die. Because those people are, they are my people. They're good. They, they did not give me any heartache over a uh, mask or anything like that. Just two minutes down the road is another one. It's bigger, got bigger products. And they stopped me for masks when I was coming in. I will never shop there, ever. I don't care if he passes it on to his kids. I don't care, mm-hmm. I don't care what happens. They will never get a single Guarani from me uh, mm-hmm. to uh, be spent in that place. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I loved it because... You, you bring up about the cartels in Mexico or you bring up about in Canada. One of the things that got that that did help me when we were down here was they floated out this stupid idea that they were going to make it so that you what they did in Alberta and across Canada. They brought in this stupid idea that you would need to provide proof of vaccination to go to restaurants and bars. Mm. And uh, and and they were about to roll it out. And all the business owners said no they are not doing any of that. They Good. they Good they put a put their foot down on it. It died within not even twenty four hours. Good. And so to to my to it's a reinforcement that we did make the right call, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It's it's still hard to look back and see what's happening in Canada because I don't. You said it yourself. There, it's twenty twenty five is when like the next election is. I don't see it getting like I don't. It's this weird thing. So, so for uh, American listeners, you're used to the two-party system. Canada does not have a two-party system. And unfortunately, the way things are set up right now, okay, so polls right now, as of right now, it looks like the conservative party is probably going to take take government again. Mm-hmm. And I conservative like you i think it needs to have a tm afterwards and a small c because they're not they're not conserving anything they're just they're not and and i have a hard time with it like pierre polyev who is the leader of that party i've had people in my groups uh share with me videos of you know this this famous uh video this last week of him you know kind of eating an apple apple. and yeah and i i look into this and going it it feels staged i'm not saying it's staged but it just feels staged it's 100 oh it's so staged it was so staged Polly, so pierre so we we got off track on talking about the milk and andrew Shear. Mm. but pierre polyev is a, a he's been a conservative party member since 2004 he got in elected in 2004 he's been in 20 years he did a great leadership campaign uh people really really like him the conservative mm-hmm. party itself is beholden to the milk cartel the milk cartel the um, that's real that's a real thing it is yeah no yeah supply manage supply management is the milk cartel they have a lot of money they will put money into politicians who will make sure that the milk cartel is at least not weakened 
And like I said, milk was 489 for four liters in our bags, and now it's 589. Andrew Shear, one of his first things he did during one of his speeches was get up and drink from a two-liter. Yeah, he, he had a two-liter carton to, of to, milk on the stage, yep. and he drank a big gulp of it, and he was like everybody was cheering and stuff, and that was a big sign that said, I'm I'm on the side of the milk cartel, baby. And I thought, wow, like what a what a guy, you know what I mean? Right like he is, he's yeah. just saying it. Right. And so fast forward to Pierre Polyev, he's not as forthcoming with the milk signs necessarily, but he right. is absolutely um, signaling that he's on board with the agreements that have been made. So like there's two competing things going on with Polyev. You've got on one side, he's a family man. He looks like he's articulating um, you know, axe the carbon tax, axe the aff affordability crisis, build homes because the only way to solve the housing, we have a housing crisis. The reason we have a housing crisis in Canada is yeah. well, part of it is affordability. The fact that nothing, nobody can afford anything because of the price of it. Yes, that's mm -hmm. part of it. But the other part of it is we're, our population a few years ago was 36 million. Our population now is 40 million. And we're bringing in about a million people a year and building 100,000 houses a year. So all of the people coming in, if you have supply and demand in economics, if you have high supply or low supply and high demand, the price goes up, right? So we've got yep. high demand, low supply, and increasing demand because you've constantly got this on. So Polyev talks about the approved solutions for these problems, building homes rather than stopping immigration. An honest person, an honest politician looking at the problem would say the problem here clearly is supply and demand i think because it's smacking yeah, me in the face reduce daily. that I, demand yeah, yeah. You, you take that off the table and then suddenly but there's economic consequences to that if you take that off the table the economic activity is zero like the the economic activity is a mess like so the the canadian economy economy is more complicated than just that like one little thing so polyev is taking a broader view and people are taking are, are looking at him and saying he's gonna he's gonna fix things and my my concern is he is another suit filling the leadership and he's a nice guy i think that he's honest i think that he's you know i think that he's a guy who believes what he says and maybe he's in the dark about some <laughs> things right that that party is is a machine and it's gonna eat him up and it or well i've seen or how he talks gonna, about maxime you know like and it's not fair. all that rhetoric like, is just it, ridiculous it, it's crazy because he, he brought up about you know maxime went to the world economic forum i was like yeah harper mm -hmm. sent him he was this guy harper yep. sent him and yep. and and on uh, uh, Stephen harper was the prime minister of canada before justin trudeau harper yep. sent him he went he, he it was his it was maxime bernier maxime bernier was a foreign affairs foreign affairs minister and other high, highly yeah. placed minister yeah and I mean, nobody's so, perfect. You know, there are people no, say, oh, but, he did this and he did that. I mean, yeah, sure, uh, there's things that he did. But like, at the same time, like, nobody's perfect about no. anything and everything. You know, the world is a crazy place and things happen. So I, I am, uh, I, I think that I'd rather have honesty leading us. Well, me too. And and then the thing is, is that you bring up about Polyev's ideas. And one of the things that is creepy and I, I, I call it creepy because it's creepy <laughs> is, um, you know, because he, 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 he smashes down on the Maxime Bernier World Economic Forum thing. But, it, it, you know, there was a point in time where his name did show up on the World Economic Forum website. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he got that taken down. And he's he's disavowed it and all this kind of stuff. But 
look at the policies you're bringing up about he wants to increase the supply of homes what does he want to do it he want the, the their party wants to take a lot of these federal buildings a lot of these spaces that are near especially near like transit and make them all housing and make these basically these 15 minute city monstrosities in all the major cities and you you listen to it and you go well yeah i i i also want to scrap the carbon tax that that'd be great yes i do want to defund the cbc but at what cost? What do you what, what is the what is your also, you know, your other part of your party policy? And I'm not liking what I'm hearing. I'm just yeah. not. I, I, and the hard part is, is that they, they implant in your head a vote for the PPC is a vote for Justin Trudeau. You know, yeah. like you're really and it's like, dude, we got like five percent at most at one point in time. You know, it's like if if you think that the party is so bad that it requires it requires that 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 boost to be able to get over. What does that say about your party? Of course, I want Pierre Polyev over Justin Trudeau, a hundred percent. No, like no, no question. They're the same. But it's, it's, it is. It's it's the difference between getting stabbed in the back or being stabbed in the in the chest. And and Justin Trudeau, you at least know you're getting stabbed in the chest. But I don't want to get that stab yeah, in the back. It'll, and, it'll and take two years. It'll take two years for people to realize that Polyev is rolling out the same policies as as same Trudeau. Thing. But so here's the other thing that's going on. We have um, our municipalities. My mayor. I live in a city called Guelph, and our mayor. Our mayor is uh, he's an affable guy, you know. But he is one of those people who's on the UN, you know, uh, the list of he works with Michael Bloomberg for Mayors for Climate, um, and <laughs> and right. So Man, that's all, some Rosa Cores things. All of these, and we have a bunch of mayors who are in that same kind of um, that yeah. same kind of group. It's and a, so it's an attack. Guelph, <laughs> Guelph just rolled out. Yeah, Guelph just rolled out a rule that says every single family home lot can now take up up to a fourplex. Every single one. So the right, <sighs> and so Kitchener did the same thing. Mississauga said no mas, and do you know what they mm. did? What they do? Strong, strong mayor powers given to Bonnie Crombie. Bonnie Crombie is another one of these woke zealots, and she passed <laughs> it anyway. So, uh. what that does economically is, right now, every single family home is worth four times its value. An investor all, all, yeah. could buy a single family home, knock it down, level it, yep, sell four homes for about the price they bought the one for, and make profit. Yeah. Right, and they're so going to they, do that. They they're going to do. Yeah, they just, they're going to yeah. do it. You got to get on the grid. If you don't understand what just happened, you don't see the opportunity. You're the idiot, right? Like, and I don't have the capital to go buy up all the houses, but somebody does. BlackRock, and they're going to do it. And so they're selling building homes as the solution mm-hmm. to the affordability crisis and the home the the home crunch the the rent crisis blah 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 yeah. they're selling this as the solution it's 15 minute cities going up and they're and they're pretending like we don't see it we i see it are you kidding me yeah. i see it and so like polyev yeah i mean he's he's exactly the same as justin trudeau it's just a different it's just a different vehicle and you were saying stabbed in the front stab, stabbed in the back i say sometimes like you're getting off the liberal school bus and you're getting into you know the conservative minivan you know or like yeah, the nice exactly. the nicer bus you know it might be nicer but it's like <laughs> you're going to the same concentration camp there's not any, anything different so to, for american listeners think of the rhinos you know just think of the oh, yeah. Re- yeah. republican and name only and it's, it's it's a whole party of it like I mean, in, the rhinos are in charge of the people 
Yeah, they they do not let there's anybody. a history. Like there's a history. So like in 1993, the Conservative Party, well, just before just before the election of 1993, the Conservative Party was in charge, but they got rid of their leader because of a scandal and they had a weak leader and and they the First whole Canadian party was Prime Minister demolished. Was female. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very briefly. And she was like, "I know what. I'll call an election." She lost. <laughs> Oops. Badly. Yeah. Lost. Like lost, took they the lost party all their from, seats but two. <laughs> yeah, I think she was even in. I think she. I think she had a majority too. Like there wasn't any pressure yeah. to put an election yeah, on. She, she had a majority. Like, oh, we'll, just, we'll just ask the public what they think, and then had a majority. <laughs> two seats left, right? And there, everybody yeah. was. Like, so the people that, who lost that election reformed when the party reformed under the CPC, basically, and now those people run it, and they're trying to be the centrist party. They're they're trying to be the they're trying to be the Democrats that the liberals used to try to be, but once yeah. the liberals got power, they just went full communist. Like they're totally they've ran past the NDP are supposed to be further left than the liberals. They ran mm-hmm. past the NDP and they went right into full blown communism. And so coming back to it, like for Canadians, there's not a lot to like look forward to, I, unfortunately. I, and I'm not trying to well, be a oh, total here's, downer. About here's one other okay. thing that they did. Okay. Just to talk to that, to things to not look forward to. We created a national holiday called Truth and Reconciliation Day. And the Truth and Reconciliation Day was on built on lies. The, about the, the mass graves thing that I The mass graves for. that you were talking yeah. about. What yeah. you can't have... The Truth and Reconciliation Day is, is September 30th, and Thanksgiving is like October 10th or something like that. Yes. They're very close. And Thanksgiving is antithetical to Truth and Reconciliation Day as such, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, you can't be like, oh, pilgrims. So I mentioned that <laughs> thing that we were talking about last week, right? So the whole thing is they're trying to replace. So, like, where, where, where once you'd be like, let's get together for having turkey and talking about, you know, our history and, you know, the part of our heritage and Laura Secord and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Now it's like you terrible genocidalists wear, yeah. wear an orange t-shirt How and have you. some pumpkin yeah. pie because it's also orange. Eat it, right? <laughs> Eat your shame, right? And it's like... Well, they were doing um, this thing, like they had the the flags at half mast for what seemed like nine months, years. Yeah, nine, yeah, it was forever. And people, I was, I was emailing, and I'm, I'm like a, I'm a pebble in somebody's shoe. I'm sure at the city of Guelph, I'm sure because I, I email, and I'm like, when's what's the timeline for this? Who's in charge? Of, why is this still half mast? Is it Justin Trudeau that sent this order out, or is there somebody here that's propagating this as along? Like, and I'm it, sure they didn't like it, but I never really got it. Well, it works. It works on demoralization. So I don't know if you've ever, have you, have you gone down the rabbit hole of uh, Yuri Bezmenov? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So so Yuri Bezmenov. Yeah. So he he called it. He said, you know, like we're going to demoralize everybody. And that's exactly what is happening in Canada. You're being demoralized because. Oh, that's, that process is done. Now they're, now now they're teabagging the demoralization. But even still, like you had the the trucker rally, you yep. had the trucker rally, which was good. But yeah. now you're still like now the, the they created Tamara villains. They yeah, created Tamara villains. Lich, they took they who, took those heroes and they made them villains. It's like watching a hey, soap opera. I'm gonna say something quasi not not popular, but so the I remember following the trucker rally, okay. the trucker convoy, and I remember they were saying like it's a group of people. There's no leaders. And then all of a sudden yeah. there was leaders. And well, you need the to have somebody were, to blame. Well, here's the thing. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to put something out there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have Tamara Lich and yep. uh, who's the other guy? It's uh, Knight. Chris Barber. What's the other? Chris Barber. Yeah. So I remember watching it and I, they, they put out <clears throat> the, the other person, the spokesperson who got on to Tucker Carlson, the guy who got interviewed. BJ Dichter. Uh, BJ Dichter. He's a snake. So B, he is absolutely He's a snake. A snake. He didn't get so arrested. He's gone. He's in the window. No, he conveniently had an ankle injury and was live streaming about cryptocurrency on his couch while everybody else was doing this thing, and nobody touched him. Nobody touched mm-hmm. the guy. The guy He's has a history. LGBT, LGBT Tory. Yeah. yeah. So this guy is a complete snake. And talking about podcasts, so the Lotus Eaters, which was uh, the one that um, – uh, Sargon of Akkad started. Yeah, they had him on just recently. I think they had yeah. him on like a month or two ago. Yeah. This guy's okay. still free. Does it? Where's this guy backing up Tamara Lich? Where's this guy helping out? Where's this? You guys were able to raise all these funds for all this other stuff. Why? Why are they not raising any funds for Tamara Lich's uh, defense? None of this stuff. This guy was an absolute snake. And also, too, right before, right before they clamped down. So it was that mm-hmm. it was right in February, right? It was around like yep. Valentine's Day. Yeah, and so Valentine's right, Day kicked off by the twenty third. It was done twenty third. Yeah, so they 23rd. there was a warning put out, and they had they put out a press release, and they brought on a new person into their group. And this new person, you can look this up. I forget her name, but it was this this gal oh, who came yeah. into the group, and it's, she was I, Mark Mendocino's campaign manager. Yeah, uh, yeah Mark Mendocino being the transport minister at the time, yeah. who was the one who was enforcing all this stuff. So he was joking BJ about Dichter, bringing tanks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, BJ yeah. Dichter brings on this girl, and then within forty eight hours, the whole thing gets shut down completely. And mm-hmm. this 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 snake brings in this the, these people, and nobody talks about this. This, this. this guy gets away with it. Like nobody talks about him anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody brings up BJ Dichter. But you look up this guy, and this guy has mm-hmm. a history, and yep. he, and like there's there's tons of stuff about this guy. He yep. is not to be trusted, and yep. it's unfortunate because. You look at it, and, and they've got their scapegoat. They've got Tamara Lich, this sweet little Métis woman. They go, they, they put out there, and then she's yes, like tiny. They How evil! Her. She she can't even talk on. She can't defend herself on on social media. It's no. complete disaster up there. And yeah. you know, yeah. I'm saying all this stuff, and I I, I don't want to get you in trouble, and I don't want to get myself in trouble no. for going back up. You know, it's just like no. it's crazy because now it's like the 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 you brought up the CRTC, and they're making it so that they're super monitoring all the podcasts, super monitoring all these other things. They're making it illegal to quote unquote put out disinformation, dude. That was already illegal with like false advertising and using the word safe and effective. You didn't, you didn't yeah. do anything with that. And, yeah. and yet at the same time, here we are. And, and, well, they, they should. So like I got my channel shut down for talking about the, the cake and the vax, right? Like, and, and telling mm-hmm. people they're just, if they tell you that use your critical thinking. And I was like, I was very, uh, I used to listen to podcasts every day. And I mm-hmm. would like when people were consistent. And so yes. when I did my show, I was like, I don't want to take weekends off because I always hated it when people took weekends off. <laughs> and I mean, like, I've got shit to say too, right? Like the Monday show would be an absolute nightmare if I took weekends off. Like it'd be a three hour show. Like it would be I'm gonna ask everything you, I didn't say for the last couple of days. Sundays anymore. No Sundays. No, no. You, it's, you, not gonna... <laughs> it's not work. It's not work. It's, it's a passion it's project. Yeah. It's, a, well, yeah, okay, so... I, it's what I love. Let's I talk. Enjoy a it. I honestly little... really enjoy it. 
Well, you do a great job, and I really love your show. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my friend Tristan, who got me into your show. And this this is one of those shows where uh, if you really want to get to know a little bit more about what's going on in Canada, Mark's show is the one. It's fantastic, and I really I'm glad you do what you do um, because it's it's hard. Like there, when I got back to Canada, right around the, it, it was I guess late 2014, late 2015 is when the Rebel Media started. And I, I, I just, I didn't, something was off there too. Something was off there too. I was asking for my email and sign up for petitions and, and, uh, something I just didn't like about it. And, and so they have no, no topics that they don't touch and they, 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 they they make themselves the news. And I don't like that. You do a great job of actually covering the news and, and giving a good take on these things. So Mark, your takes are fantastic. I love what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I really appreciate that you're that you're conti- you are consistent. And uh, so uh, for people who may want to look for for Mark's show, uh, it's uh, www.canadapoly.com. Do I have that correct? Yeah, that's yeah right. Polly so, with an I, P-O-L-I. Polly with an I. Yes, and yeah. and uh, he's he's great. He's funny. He does great jo- uh, great job of uh, of covering the news. He's probably. You probably burn out the RAM on your uh, on your on your computer with like having like you know, 50 dozen tabs open uh, to go through, but it's, it's fantastic. I really like it. Um, So, you know, I, I, I urge anybody who wants to follow anything that Mark does, please do. He's, he's fantastic. And uh, you know, I used to be one of those, those, those uh, free riders who was watching the 20 minute, 30 minute videos all the time. I finally bit the bullet. I, I, I got the subscription and I, I am completely grateful for doing so. It's a, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's a fantastic product. I hope that you get to, to stay on the air as long as possible. I think that it's important to get those kind of views out there in Canada. They, they just, when they say alternative media, you are it. And that is there, there really isn't much out there. Again, and also, too, what I love about your show is, yes, you ran for the People's Party of Canada, but it doesn't really impact a lot of how you talk about things. You're very straight on on the on the point with a lot of these things, you know, because I, I watched uh, True North for a while and there's mm-hmm. just stuff they won't talk about. And there's just stuff yeah. that they they get really biased about. And it's very hard to find good media. So when there is good media out there, support it. And Mark is definitely worth supporting. So I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. It, it really is a pleasure. I, I've said this before. Uh, I've had people tell me this before. But like when you listen to a podcast daily, as in your case, you get to know the, the, the person. So I was really glad to have you on because I, I, I felt like I was like, yeah, this is my guy. I want to I I get you out there to, to more people. I want to try to get you out to more people outside of Canada as well. And, yeah. and just try to uh, get more eyes on your uh, on your screen because you do great work. And I really appreciate you coming on and, and doing yeah. the show with me tonight. So uh, I'd love to have you back on in the future if you have some time sure. available and uh, we'll 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 circle back and uh, yeah. make sure that we we now that we can we can do a whole hour on milk bags. But uh, maybe yeah. we'll find something else to talk about. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Mark, thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it and giving me the hour of your time and um We'll stay in touch, and I'll get you back on in, yeah. uh, in the near future. This has been another edition of High Trust, Low Context. I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, I'm El Chaco signing off, and with me again is Mark Peralibus, uh from Canada yeah. Poly. Viva Cristo Rey, everybody. Good night.